our community, obviously, after October 7th has been struggling. We feel choked. We feel like we have to do more. And a group of us have been in communication, working on a few advocacy moves and trying to get our voices heard a little more, whether it's through the school district, whether it's, you know, at work where people are feeling that they can't express themselves or they're hesitant to speak. In all of that, we found there's a need in this community to create a voice. Zarina Jalal is the one who initiated the conversations with the Albany Common Council since they passed the resolution on October 16th that we need a an equivalent resolution displaying our Muslim Arab voice in this aggression that's happening overseas. So with Zarina um, initiating that, Mahak Jamian was pulled in, um, and they began the conversations. And as the Palestinian in the group, I was pulled in to represent specifically the Palestinian voice in the resolution. And that's sort of where it all began. Um, I believe it began the first week of November, because at the same time, we pulled in Jewish Voice for Peace, as well as some local priests and Christian faith leaders. I became aware of this a little bit before the December 4th Common Council meeting. And Layla just referred to a resolution that was passed on October 16th. And if people listening do not know, that was a resolution expressing solidarity with the state of Israel, and also uh, talking about the horrible attack that happened on October 7th in Israel. So that resolution that came to the council at the first council meeting after October 7th. But as I said, I got involved a little bit before uh, the December 4th council meeting, and there was no resolution on the books. There was nothing in writing at that point, but proactively because I'm a member of JVP, of Jewish Voice for Peace, I heard about that effort to go and speak. And a number of people spoke that day without there even being language that we were actually responding to, saying that we uh, felt there was a deep need for a resolution calling for ceasefire. I was at the meeting, I think just before Christmas, where there was a lot of people outside, and many people spoke at the meeting, but the resolution did not come up for a vote. Can you tell me anything about that meeting and what happened then? So the December 18th meeting, the wording of the resolution was not accepted by majority of the council. So it was not up for vote. It wasn't going to be presented. So at that point, we knew it wasn't going to be voted on that day. So we made an effort to get as many people there from our community to represent the cause and to demand the ceasefire in all of our speeches. So from when this started, the resolution was drafted. The Common Council, the number one thing they said was this language is offensive and controversial. So we cannot present it. So that's why the language and the details of the language went back and forth for about, I want to say, four to so weeks. Look, at the end of the day, we knew this was not going to, 
implement a ceasefire in, in Israel and Palestine. We knew this was not going to get that win. What this is showing, it's the solidarity with the Muslim Arab community for us to stand on our own and to have a voice, especially given the resolution that Barbara mentioned that was passed October 16th. So for us, having that language that was accurate, there was it was not opinion. It was accurate historical statements that occurred and factual statements. So it is something that we needed to have the strong statement, and our community was adamant that it was more important for us to have a strong statement that we are we stand by or not have a resolution at all. And unfortunately, at the last minute, um, when they did present the resolution, which we were unaware of that they were actually going to vote on it on, when was that, January 4th, last Thursday, we did not know. We were under the impression it was going to go to committee. They decided to vote on it. Before voting on it, they did add a few phrases in there and statements in there that we were not aware of to get it passed. They were making changes to the resolution in real time after the council meeting had started. And because I was a member of the Common Council for eight years, I understand procedurally most of what's going on. There was a point at the meeting last Thursday where most of the people who were on the council were not in the room. They had left, and that never happened. And so it was very clear that they were doing something outside of the chamber, and they were doing it during the meeting. And, of course, that caused a great deal of alarm. And I want to say about the original resolution, it was about four pages or five pages long. And just as Layla said, everything in it was a fact. There was a, were a lot of quotes and a lot of citations from the United Nations, from other kinds of entities that were really just talking about this many things happened, this many people died, this many people no longer have anywhere to live. But the Albany Common Council as a whole saw those things as offensive. And the final resolution, I guess, is two pages long. It was shortened because people did not want the details of what's actually going on in Gaza. What impact do you think this passing has? Well, it has both local impact, national and international impact passage of this resolution. What I found most gratifying in the process, and I've been politically active since I was a teenager in the 1960s. I don't mind telling anybody how old I am. I'm old. But having had all those decades of experience, this was one of the most remarkable experiences I have ever had in the context of doing organizing. What was so moving to me was the outpouring of people in the Muslim, Arab, American, and in some cases, Palestinian American community. I was just so blown away because what people were talking about was so personally tragic to anyone who has a heart or brain or ears. And bringing together people and having uh, people who've been marginalized finally seen in a place like Albany is huge. It's so important that the city councils around the country are doing what they are doing, which is to pass these ceasefire resolutions. And there are probably about 15 uh, local uh, cities. We're the first in New York State to pass a ceasefire resolution. But San Francisco 
just passed one on Tuesday, two days ago. It's a, it's a movement. It's a, something that local governments can do and that communities can do to speak out and to really manifest a stance that is visible to be seen. Being the first town or city in the state of New York to pass the ceasefire re- resolution speaks volumes. And that that is why it was so important for our community to have this pass. And for me, as a first-generation Palestinian-American, to go into the council meetings and to see such diversity of people there from all races, all religions, all backgrounds there in support for this was extremely emotional and overwhelming because for us, it's usually we're underrepresented or we're not spoken of, we're never involved, we're never even a thought. So for us to have that voice and to see those many, that such diversity there, I was I was blown away by it. It was, it was extremely emotional because we're usually standing on our own. So, and that's why this, the ceasefire resolution and all the other cities and towns in the, in the country that are passing these resolutions, it's speaking out and showing the majority of public opinion around the world, globally, everywhere, is to ceasefire and the support for the Palestinian people. Well, whenever I talk to anyone about this, about the situation happening there, it is always stated that it's so complex and it's confusing. It's really not. And all I ask, I'm not asking for our local community to go, you know, to protest, to go demand from the representative. If they feel comfortable doing that, great. But what we would love to see from our community is just open your eyes and your hearts to the Palestinian story, to the Muslim story, and just consider it a little more and don't make assumptions. Remove your bias, remove your assumptions, and start educating yourself a little more with what is happening there because it's not always as it seems.